Hey everyone, welcome to the Opera Sky podcast. My name is Ricardo Monegas and I will be your host. On this podcast, we would like to share valuable knowledge, lessons learned, and stories from entrepreneurs, investors, and managers while running their businesses. We strive to ask the right questions and discover insight from our guests so you can apply them in your business and life right after each episode. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. Today we are having Julia Devecchi. She is the founder of Nanu. Uh, if you have been always waiting for some answer about how to have a really nice way to get supplements and vitamins for your uh, body, maybe this is uh, one of the products that you should buy. <laughs> so Nanu is like a cookie that provides you with really good nutrients for your life. And of course, it's a cookie, so it will be really nice to eat. So welcome, Julia. So nice to see you. And how are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me, Ricardo. That was a very nice introduction, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so um, uh, Julia, how, how do you arrive to work into this company because I can see that for your background you were working studying uh, business and entrepreneurship uh, but then you are starting this business of plant-based uh, uh, food let's say <laughs> yeah so I um, I went to university where I thought I would learn about business related things <laughs> um, and was then quite bored most of the time with like academic lectures and all this that was very much theory based. Um, so next to university, I started to get introduced to all of these startup things. So like I went to a startup weekend, um, I met uh, lots of people that were running their own startups and that um, were like attending these workshops that were related to startups. Um, and I think I kind of caught the startup bug. Um, and then ever since then, I just tried to test out different things whenever I had an idea. Um, and a few years later, which was 2019, um, I joined Founder Institute, which is like a idea stage accelerator uh, with kind of the idea that I had turned vegan a few years before. My mom approached me with this long list of nutrients that I might be missing. Um, in a vegan diet, but there's also a lot you can miss if you're not on a vegan diet. Uh, I went and interviewed a lot of people that were vegan and I saw this very strange thing where they knew exactly what they were eating, where it comes from, what's inside the food, how healthy, how unhealthy it is. And then when it came to supplements, it was like, well, I just have to take this because it's the only option. <laughs> which seemed like this total mismatch and people either kind of took their supplements because they knew they had to and it was the only thing that was available or didn't really take their supplements. Um, and yeah, I just for myself, when when I take like a tablet or something, it's more I feel sick, therefore I take a tablet. And when it comes to health, you're like, well, you feel healthy, so why should you take something? So I thought, yeah, there should be a product, which is now Nano, that is cookies that you want to eat every day that contains everything you need. So that's kind of how it started. <laughs> okay, but you didn't have any previous experience about how to produce uh, food, right? Or how? No, I had zero experience how to bring a food product or a health product on the market. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of look for the right advisors or you bring some people to your team? How was that process to investigate about the, the market and, and how to bring it into the reality, let's say? Well, it was um, a tough start for sure because <laughs> I didn't know any of the right people from the beginning. Um, so I actually, in this program that I did, Founder Institute, I met a lot of people in different industries. So um, it's kind of a program that is set up where every week you do a different topic. Um, some topics are like product development, some topics are marketing, etc. 
and you always have someone very experienced there uh, which is very good because you can like test out what you're trying to do and they can offer you advice so that was kind of how I got started um, and I also found advisors for the program so one of them has 20 years experience at Mondelez International which is this company that um, brings brought out like Oreo cookies for example and Milka chocolate so um, and this person had experience like in marketing and innovation of products <laughs> so that was um, a very good person that we've had on board since the beginning which has been very helpful and then yeah I just along the way tried to find the right people that kind of complemented my skills that I didn't have, some of whom are still here, some of whom have left in the meantime. And then, yeah, everything else where you kind of can't figure it out, you either, I don't know, through connections, you find someone who might have 15 minutes to like answer some questions that you have, or just messaging random people on LinkedIn and asking if they can help um, a, a young startup entrepreneur. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that has kind of helped. Good, good. So we have been talking about that your mom sent you this list of nutrients that you were potentially missing in your diet, uh, a vegan diet, right? So is this a problem that you're trying to solve uh, in general? Um, or it was first, I assume, scratch your own ish, right? You were trying to solve some problem for you. But in the process, I assume you figured out that there are, there are more problems in the vegan diet, maybe, that you are now trying to solve. Is this the main problem you are looking to solve or there is other problems that you are trying to do uh, to solve in this moment? Yeah, yeah. so I, I actually, I think we started on the vegan side because it was much clearer to define like a customer group where you could tell exactly what is missing based on the food they don't eat. Um, however, like non-vegan people at the moment, it's like in Switzerland, 50% of the population has a lack of vitamin D. So it doesn't matter whether you're vegan or not vegan. It's just people don't have enough vitamin D. Um, so I think the ultimate goal is just to make it easier for people to be healthy. Um, and I mean, also our cookies aren't like a conventional sugary sweet cookie. It contains no sugar. Um, it's all like organic ingredients and it's really just supposed to be like to lower the barrier of people trying to be healthier and not make it like super complicated with, you know, ordering four different supplements from different places and each one contains a different amount of pills. So one, one runs out after 45 days and one after 90 days and the other one after 30 days and you're constantly rebuying, reordering, and in Switzerland it's normal that you go to a pharmacy to buy uh, your vitamins and supplements, so that as well is like another barrier, and we just said from the beginning we try to make it as easy um, as it is for everyone, so people order two packs, each contains 15 cookies, you eat one a day and we send it once a month, so I think the ultimate goal is really just to make it easier for people to be healthy. Okay, so every month people is receiving their cookies in their doorstep and they are happy with it, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's really nice. From the beginning, we had people already telling us like, this is so good because before I used to kind of maybe take my supplements and now they're like, I've never ever forgotten to eat a cookie. <laughs> Which is like a really nice sign for us to see like that it's actually like something that people will stick to and will do. Yeah, you just remind me that I need to have <laughs> a pill for supplements today because oh, I no. haven't taken it. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. But you see, I needed the cookies, right? So are you sending to the Czech Republic as well? Or? We're sending it all over Europe okay. at the moment, yeah. Good. So I should buy. Buy, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so you're talking right now your model is direct to consumers right so is there any other business model you are trying out or how does it work for you yes so we've recently had a salesperson joining us um, and basically what we're going to do next is try to sell to distributors or stores um, mainly 
as a marketing purpose um, because we still want people to get a subscription that makes sure you have it every month so that you have it every day um, so yeah we're, we're looking at that and still figuring out the small details of, of how that how that can work and like optimizing our packaging that if you buy it in the store the packaging tells you enough of knowing that you can get it through us as a subscription got it got it and so we have been through this pandemic situation in these last two years or yeah kind of two years already so um how what happens for nano in this moment uh, there was any change in your business model or everything was better for you because people were more conscious about eating healthy so how how do you evaluate it uh yeah so we We only, I mean, I only started with the idea in April 2019. Um, we sort of had our first product on the market in September. And in October, we had our first like customer who ordered a subscription. <laughs> so we had only existed for like a few months before COVID started. And I must say at the beginning, I think everyone, no one in the world knew like how this was going to go, how bad it was. Like in Switzerland, particularly, like we had a few cases at the beginning of 2020 compared to like what we have now. And now there's no lockdown. And then it was like a major crisis, you know, because no one knew how, you know, does it spread by touching the same object? What about door handles? All this stuff. Um, So the beginning, we just had no idea what to do, uh, but we had been planning a crowdfunding campaign uh, and we had been planning that for about four months. So there's like a lot of work behind any crowdfunding campaign that launches or at least the ones that work. <laughs> um, and so when COVID came, we were kind of like, oh, well, do we continue this? or not because we didn't know you know what people are uh, like what situation are people in are they feeling comfortable giving money to something that they don't know there's so much risk around suddenly uh, so we really weren't sure what to do and we almost called it off and in the last second we didn't and we launched it and it worked um, and then I think because we were something that was like healthy and we deliver it to you it was actually beneficial for us that COVID appeared just because people were not willing to go outside. Uh, people were concerned about shopping somewhere. Um, so for us, it, it's been actually quite okay that people had to be home uh, and also realizing that if they're home, they're potentially less healthy um, and need to do something about that. So we've continued growing uh, despite COVID. Yeah, okay. I, I almost feel bad saying like we're doing well during COVID, um, but yeah, I guess that's how new trends uh, work. <laughs> well, yeah, so, well, you are bringing something of value in a moment that people need to uh, maybe or are thinking more about their health and how to protect. So it's, it's really nice, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we we actually had one customer uh, who we interviewed later who said she specifically ordered our product because she found it on a page of companies that deliver to your door. <laughs> And she said, now that I'm inside, I don't know if I'm getting any vitamin D, so I need to do something. And that's how she found us. So that's like right. <laughs> good good story. <laughs> Good, good. So yeah, so you, you can have a video of this person <laughs> explaining the benefits of your of your supplements. Yeah. Great. Um, so now if if you do a retrospective about okay, how you launch your let's call it plant based food company, right? So um, and someone is asking you as a mentor, uh, that you, you are the mentor, so you, what is the, follow, the process to follow uh, to, let's say, start a company like yours? Um, do you have any recommendations for this person? How do you see the process to achieve, to go to market? Or 
any ideas that you can provide that would be really valuable <laughs> yes sure so oh there's so many things i mean my my i mean my first thing is kind of people will very quickly have an idea and then try to launch the product um and i just always advise everyone not to <laughs> um I, i'm always trying to explain to people you know take a step back figure out if this is something that people actually want uh you know go and interview the customers you, you think will be interested in your product go and ask them if they would pay for it um you know do proper customer interviews because uh at the beginning i think everyone very quickly jumps you know from oh i have an idea to like i want to have this available for everyone and i mean a lot of failed startups kind of started that way because there was no market for the product that they developed so one of my bigger things is like yeah take a step back don't start you know buying supplies and ingredients and packaging <laughs> um but go back to the start and find the customers you think are your customers and there's very good resources i mean there's there's a book called the mom test uh which i think is one of the better startup books which explains to you how to interview someone so that they don't lie <laughs> basically that's why it's the mom test because your mom will say like that's a great idea yeah uh, that that's one of the books i really recommend as well so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my one one of my favorites and it's very useful for customer interviews um yeah and for, for those who don't know it's designed in a way where if you explain someone your idea uh they don't just say yeah that's great <laughs> So yeah, that's that's one of the things. Uh, start interviewing people versus launching a product, and then I really do think it's useful to start joining these communities. Um, in Europe, we have Food Hack, which like started in Switzerland, and in the meantime, it's in several countries, as far as I know. Um, like th their founders are amazing and are so knowledgeable and there's usually like events happening in cities where where just everyone kind of comes together from all sorts of uh backgrounds so it's a very interesting community to be part of because you have people who you know are experienced in the food industry you have investors you have researchers you have people who want to launch something so it's just uh a good place to like surround yourself with especially at the beginning when you have no idea uh what you're doing and then yeah i think it's i'm i'm very bad at reaching out myself uh to people and asking for advice and i like leave it to the very last minute but people are generally very open and very willing to share their experience so especially at the beginning i think it's useful to just reach out to whoever it is that you want and kind of ask them if they you know can share their experience for 10 minutes or so because people are open and want to talk about themselves so um especially if you're lacking in any specific area it's probably a good idea to reach out to someone and i mean i'm an alumni of this founder institute program and to me it was really like that's the reason i set up the company it was so useful to just be thrown in a program that is really difficult from the beginning and where people give you proper feedback not just you know we think this is great um and also having just a group of other founders that are going through similar stages along the way is like a really nice uh network of people that you know can also complain with you and <laughs> uh also kind of share share resources and solutions so yeah okay so since we are talking about the community of full technology and plant based companies in Switzerland how how do you see this community you you have food hack in Switzerland is there any other communities that you are active or you follow in in the Swiss market or or in or globally that you can share maybe yes so food related um i mean definitely food hack is the biggest one and they also have a newsletter that goes out i think several times a week with a ton of information as to what's happening in the food scene like globally um 
And they're also on Facebook and all sorts. You can join like the Switzerland group. You can join whatever country you're in. There's probably a group in Europe. And then other food things. I've, I mean, in Switzerland, there's, um, there's, oh gosh, I'm a member of like Swiss food research. I think they're called. Um, they have events and are doing things. Um, there's just newly created actually Swiss nutrition and startup valley or something like this. I can put the links later. I don't yeah, remember. we can share the links in the good, in, good, good. The description I later. Yeah, I don't remember the full names. Um, and then actually, I mean, impact hubs um, are especially here are specifically trying to create like circular economy type things. So some of them cross over into food and sustainability. Um, those are always good to be part of. They sometimes have events and round tables and talks. And um, if you can join there or just look in or see what's happening there, that's, that's always useful. And then worldwide, the only thing that comes to mind at the moment is Hello Alice. Um, which is a US-based um, program. I think they're also maybe an accelerator, but they do very good like virtual workshops on different topics. So uh, I generally, I mean, after I've received too many emails of like, please come to our paid virtual event, I kind of get off email <laughs> lists. Um, but this Hello Alice one is a really good one for startup resources. I think I've joined like two of their workshop sessions and one was uh, how what you should do to put your business on YouTube and kind of how you can benefit from having your business on YouTube. And the more recent one was TikTok, which I have no idea how TikTok works. Um, I didn't really think TikTok was worthy for businesses. Um, and it was super insightful, um, this workshop that they did. And I mean, we're totally going to give a shot uh, at trying out TikTok just because it really seems um, made for small businesses, basically. I mean, they, they kind of shared that, you know, there's all these things that you can find on TikTok, whether it's dogs or food. But actually, the thing that gets like seen most is hashtag small business, which I was very surprised by. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's that's a very good resource. And they also, I think, have an email list newsletter. So that's that's a good place to be on. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, and then if you're not in food, but if you're in tech, then uh, Google has like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Google Campus. So Google has this thing where you can sign up as an entrepreneur. Um, you basically fill out an application as to what you're starting, if it's tech related. They invite you for an open day to look at this Google space. And then you can you get like a membership card that lets you into this space for events and workshops and uh, just like a free working space. But they only exist. I think they're they've been growing. They I, I was part of the London one and I know there's one in Israel somewhere and I think Madrid and otherwise I don't know where else they are but th that's a that's a really nice thing to be part of because it's Google <laughs> okay yeah thanks for the information all the communities that you have been uh, let's say navigating around your yes. experience <laughs> good um, as part of that journey I assume you are doing this as you said with not alone but you have been creating a team around you to move forward right so um, what is the uh, let's say the essential team you consider this stage for you as a food company like what has been the key people that you have been hiring and, and complementing each other to achieve the results till now mm -hmm. So I think it really depends. And especially at the beginning of a startup, you have so few resources that anyone who's willing to help is kind of, you know, useful. <laughs> and you're grateful um, for anyone who can help and who can join with whatever experience it is. Uh, definitely our advisors has been like 
one of the better uh, parts of how we've moved forward and you know has given us a proper push just to be able to speak with super experienced people um, who can help us out and then I mean I think it really depends food wise what you're doing I have a CTO who's been on board since the beginning who's also done everything else in the startup <laughs> um, so I think a lot of roles especially at the beginning kind of cross over into all fields up until now we've been producing everything ourselves um, and we've now found a company that will like figure out how to outsource our production to a um, to a bakery in Switzerland so we won't have to be doing that anymore which is uh, a relief but yeah up until now we've had uh, we've had on board nutritionists, food tech people, um, someone who did operations, um, just helpers who have come to the kitchen to help us produce the products. Um, and then there's some things that we've just uh, outsourced because it's cheaper and easier because we're in Switzerland and we don't have you know thousands of dollars Swiss francs to put into like packaging design or so. So there's um, a couple of platforms that exist out there like Fiverr or People Per Hour, which we've been using recently that has been working very well. <laughs> um, just of people who can like design a packaging for us based on what we need and who have design skills so that I don't need to, from scratch, learn one more thing as an entrepreneur and then try to do myself. So, yeah, I think I think that's it about I think that's about it. Everyone we've we've had. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. And what other hats have you learned or skills have you learned in this process? So if you can tell us a bit about it. <laughs> um, I mean, what haven't I learned? <laughs> um, I mean, I think unless you start off with co-founders, where it's very clear who does what role. Um, I think as a solo founder, you just do everything. Uh, so what is everything? Everything is uh, the marketing. So whether it's customer newsletters or uh, printing flyers or designing flyers, which I used to do at the beginning, which wasn't great. <laughs> um, you know, production, being in the kitchen, baking our products. Um, doing financials, doing sales, um, literally everything, doing translations for the website, redesigning the website, interviewing customers, um, going to the post office twice a week to send out uh, our product. <laughs> yeah, you just do everything. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. <laughs> Um, good. So thanks for for uh, teaching us all your hats. Let's say. <laughs> um, but just talking since you are mainly working on direct to consumer and your sales are going through e-commerce. Do you have uh, any practical advice about what type of strategies are you following in marketing and and how to made more sales in in this context mm -hmm. or what what kind of strategies or day to days you look to you execute to bring more sales to to your side let's say if, because maybe this would be useful for someone who wants to start an e-commerce site right so yes if yeah. you have any ideas on that so what I would definitely recommend if someone's testing out something new is just creating a landing page and then pretending you already have a product, trying to sell it and see if anyone is interested. Because <laughs> that's a really great way to not waste a lot of money doing stuff and being able to see if someone's actually willing to put down money for it. Um, and I mean, there's lots of tricks around that. You can have people fill out, you know, customer forms and then on the next page it says we don't have this product yet. Um, and then you can get it back in touch with them and ask them if they want this. Um, but no, I mean, we have, I have a CTO who kind of hard coded our, our website from scratch. Um, 
So it's exactly how we needed it, what we needed it. Um, and I mean, basically growing is one of the hardest things that we're dealing with. Um, there's this nice uh, startup thing somewhere that says build a product and they'll come, which I think is ridiculous uh, because uh, you're building this company and you think, you know, because your day-to-day is there, you think that it's very obvious to everyone that it's there and that you exist. And actually, there's people every day who've not heard of us. So, um, yeah, I think most of our efforts are just specifically designed to have subscription sales. Um, so... If someone orders something once, they get a series of emails afterwards that explains, you know, the benefits of a subscription, that they can get a subscription, how the subscription works, that they can cancel it whenever they want. Um, And then, yeah, the flyers we send out have like a little discount code for a subscription. Um, In our marketing, it's visible that we're a product that is designed to be a subscription. On the packaging, it says you can get this as a subscription. Um, So yeah, all of it is very much designed to kind of push our customers uh, in that direction. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, if if you have no tech skills, it's very easy to use some of these um, websites where you don't have to code anything and you can just input text and put different fields wherever you want, which I suggest. And we did have at the very beginning because I just wanted to have something that worked um, to test out what we were doing. And there's there's loads of those pages that are easy to use and 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 a lot of times they'll plug into other things. So if you need a payment system, you can connect it with that. If you have a newsletter, you can connect it with that. So there's there's lots of tools out there so that you don't have to build everything from scratch, which which makes your life easier if you're starting something new. Okay, sounds good. Um you mentioned that you always you have a CTO who coded the site. So, um, how was the process of finding a CTO for you, and and how easy it was for you, or or what are your recommendations to onboard someone with his or her profile to the company? Mm-hmm. So I actually had met him at my previous position uh, at this company that I worked at where he was already the CTO Um, and he left before I left the company and we were um, good friends from then. So I kind of had already been like, oh, you know, one day when I start something and I'll need a CTO and he was already on board before I mentioned what it was, uh, which was useful. Um, Yeah, I think it's just, I think startups are really tricky in the fact that you're usually best off trying to find people if you already have someone in your network, you know, if you know someone who does design from five years ago, it's probably useful to reach out and ask if they're interested in joining because they already know you and you already know whether you get along, etc. It's more difficult trying to find someone new and figuring out if it works with them. Um, on the other hand, you kind of have to be aware that if things go sideways, you may not be friends anymore with these people because um, it sort of are very risky and you don't really know what's going to happen and what the end result is. So if one day something goes bad, you kind of have to be prepared to uh, cut, cut some friendship ties. Yeah, understood. Yeah, it's a tough path, let's say. Yes. Um, but yeah, but if the mission is, um, let's say, quite good, of course, people will fo- keep focus on the idea. Okay. You can make it, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, okay, um, do you know how was the process for him as a CTO to develop the e-commerce from scratch or or you you don't have an idea on these aspects yeah um yeah i mean we've worked very very closely so um i will 
I mean, I'm very specific and I always have very high expectations for what I want. So I'm probably already like not a very easy person to satisfy when it comes to things. Um, but I mean, we've worked very closely on setting it all up and we had already ver worked very closely at this previous company. So I had already built a website with him. Um, so I knew it was going to be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the process is just a lot of... Um, I generally have something in my head and then want him to replicate it. And he obviously doesn't see what's in my head. And uh, it sometimes doesn't end up that way. Um, but no, I mean, a lot of the things on our website are built in a way where I can also adapt things myself just in, in the back end, which is very useful because then he, it's not always required that he goes and, you know, rebuilds um, code. But yeah, I, I don't really understand enough of tech to know all the things involved. I just know some things that I think should be easy are very, very tricky. <laughs> Um, like when it came to having our subscription uh, set up, we kind of wanted something that just repeated every 30 days. So it was kind of just set that it would repeat every 30 days. And then I think it was in February once when there was one day less in February where our system just kind of skipped and all of the customers who were supposed to repeat on that day just kind of disappeared <laughs> um, oh, and wow. didn't show up again because it, I mean, in the system, in the tech, it should have been a day that existed. And then in reality, it just didn't show up and it disappeared. So there's some things that are a lot more tricky and I'm sure there's probably subscription services out there that you could also plug in. We just wanted to, have our own thing and set it up the way that we needed to from the beginning. So yeah. Okay, understood. Well, but my my question was more like, um, imagine if you need to work with him in a feature, let's say, what is the usual process that you are following? So are you writing down some kind of requirements at the beginning or do you just start doing it without, well, <laughs> based on a conversation? So how, um, because maybe the, this information can be useful for uh, our listeners about how to mm -hmm. start an e-commerce based on your experience with a CTO and so on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to know that like coding people are used to coding and they kind of need to know what you want from the beginning. Otherwise, it's very difficult for them to figure out how to do it, how to set it up, what it should look like, etc. So I think... The best thing we figured out is, and I mean, we're, we're very casual, right? We just text over WhatsApp or whatever. So I can send a screenshot and be like, this is what it should look like. Um, but no, I think a lot of time it's, it's easier to draw up something, um, whether it's, you know, a scribble on a piece of paper that kind of says, this is what it looks like. There's a button here. When they click there, it goes to this new field. This is what that looks like. This is the text. Um, so yeah, I think drawing it up and I know there's like, there's design platforms like Figma or whatever they're called that I don't really <laughs> like using because I find them too complicated. Um, but yeah, I think generally it's easier if you can draw up and kind of design what the customer journey should be before bringing anything to your tech person who would then try to set it all up. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, that's really valuable. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the information. Good. Um, okay. Um, just coming back to Nano and uh, the products. So, uh, what are the current products that you have? And um, do you have any future pipeline or ideas that you can say if you wanna do it or how does it work on that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have, um, we're actually currently in a switch of products, which hasn't yet been announced to our customers. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we have had up until now four flavors. Um, it's always the same product. It's just the cookies in a pack. Um, the packaging and size has changed over the last two years, two and a half years. 
Um, but I think we found now what we're sticking to. Um, and yeah, it's four flavors. So we have like chocolate chip, double chocolate, uh, peanuts and chocolate chip, and something that is almonds, raisins, and spices. Uh, our issue at the moment is the chocolate chips that we're in need of and looking for don't exist in the world anymore, uh, or not yet. So we're having to switch things around a little bit and are eliminating one of the least favorite flavors. But we've not mentioned that yet to anyone. Okay, well, hopefully this will be uh, published after <laughs> that is happening. So just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we do have, so we do... Um, around Christmas time, we release this um, thing which is called a sustainer box, um, which is supposed to be like a little goodie for people that contains things that are sustainable. So nothing with plastic and nothing that you use once and throw away. So it's a little box that has like a Christmas flavor of our cookies. And it has like a chocolate mix of uh, in a jar that you can reuse and um, all these nice things. And for each of the boxes that are sold, we plant a tree. So it's a little bit of our trying to cut into people's waste um, around this time of the year. Yeah, understood that too much uh, waste goes in, in during Christmas, maybe. Yes. <laughs> and returns of products and so on. Yeah. Um, Okay, um, just uh, we will do the last three questions maybe and move to the. Um, so, whether I know that you are part of, of Founder Institute, do you have any institutions where or accelerations where you find mentors, or this is where you are basically at the moment focusing as Founder Institute as a community, or that is any other um, acceleration programs that you can recommend to follow maybe to our listeners to you mean to specifically find like advisors yes exactly so so if if someone is starting a business um, what what acceleration programs would you recommend in this sector mm. of food tech in, in at least in switzerland right Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Founder Institute is definitely one of them. And they're also launching a program that is specifically like in the food space, um, I think very soon, actually. Um, yeah, there's lots of them. I think Mass Challenge is around the area of sustainability, not necessarily food, but also food. Um, there's, there's several programs that are happening that are going on. Um, but I mean, you don't need to do one of these programs to find a mentor or an advisor. I think the, I mean, the places I've found like really good people so far are just startup type events. So I've been to startup weekends, like as a participant and as a speaker. And I was recently at a climathon in Zurich and there you meet really knowledgeable people in all sorts of areas. So I just recently met someone who uh, is a designer and who was very experienced as to like how customer perceive products and things. So that was, um, you know, a, a very, I mean, it was an easy thing to do. You join for a weekend. Um, it's like a sustainability challenge and you meet a ton of really interesting and inspiring and experienced people. So I'm sure people could find advisors through that. And I mean, also through accelerator programs, um, I just be careful because in accelerator programs, the people who are speaking are probably usually busy people who might already be mentoring to other startups. So at some point, if they keep being in the program and start signing up several founders as like the people that they want to mentor then very quickly they'll become unavailable <laughs> so maybe they you can keep asking them you know once or twice for advice and then they'll kind of uh not be available anymore for mentoring yeah but i think generally just joining startup events it's a good place to to start okay thanks um later um i assume that in the process of 
building your company as well you kind of read some books or follow some podcasts or other resources do you have any of your favorites that you can share with us and in that in that level of resources let's say yes sure so i i mean the mom test i think is one of the best ones <laughs> Uh, just also because it's very small, it's like this thick, it's like the thinnest startup book that I have available. Um, I generally get really tired from the startup books that are published from the US because they're very repetitive and they're very long and they keep mentioning like, as we previously discussed and in the next chapter. So I get a bit of a headache and I just try to find like online summaries of What are the takeaways? Um, but no, I just recently, I mean, Lean Startup is, you know, the basic startup book you need to have, need to have read, need to understand so that you can get started, I think. Um, and the author, Eric Ries, he's really interesting and um, has a really good story about how that all took off. Um, and it's, I mean, then you learn the Lean Canvas, which is a useful resource and if you know how to use the lean canvas properly that's a really amazing tool to have as you're building a company and then i mean there's a lot there's like zero to one which is a startup book there's a book called blitz scaling uh, which maybe works better for tech companies that are acquiring uh, like b2c users customers and then i just recently i think It's just there on my bookshelf outside. I've just recently got a book that's called Hooked, which is a, a design book. Um, so I'm trying to, after having met this uh, person at this climathon, this design guy, he was carrying around this book uh, in his bag. So that's my latest edition, um, which I haven't started yet, but it's, it's on my list to read. And I'm sure it's going to be interesting because he shared one or two things that were in the book today hadn't yet heard about, which um, should, should actually be very important aspects when you're, you know, figuring out a product. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the feedback on, on books. <laughs> um, as a last point for today, so if people want to reach you out and as well listen from you other piece of advice, uh, how can they do it? Uh, probably the best thing is just to connect on LinkedIn, I think. Um, I'm not on Instagram anymore personally, and <laughs> uh, our company profiles on, uh, on Instagram and on TikTok are not really me giving um, startup advice. But yeah, probably through LinkedIn is the best bet. Um, I do like a end of year summary newsletter blog type thing, which um, is a very honest piece of like what has happened throughout the year. So that's generally interesting. And then, yeah, if, if there's someone who actually wants advice, they can reach out and just send a private message and can have a chat. And otherwise, I generally use LinkedIn to either share company updates or to complain about things that don't work out the way I thought they would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. What what kind of complaints are you typically having in your, in your business life? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what the last one was. The one before was Switzerland related. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, we did. Oh, no. Yeah, we did actually. I did. Uh, we recently in October had something interesting happen to us with um, Reddit where someone picked up a story on us and then twisted it around with a whole lot of misinformation and it got picked up by the two, like two of the biggest news publishers in Switzerland. <laughs> so wow. that was an interesting experience. And I just put um, one thing up on LinkedIn where I kind of said, this is not what I expected to happen uh, going into a startup. So that, okay. that was definitely one of the weirdest experiences I've had so far running the, running the company. So maybe you classify this as the biggest fuck up till now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? Um, no, actually not. I think we, um, 
last year we no not last year at the end of 2019 before covid we in a very last minute uh i made this decision to go to this event in germany um having not done any research as to what exactly the event is and how consumer behavior is in germany and we headed for this event thinking everything would be the same as in switzerland and it totally backfired um and was not at all how we expected um so that that would be the bigger the bigger okay up yeah and we also uh had a misunderstanding with the organizers where we thought there was a stall ready for us and we arrived and there was nothing <laughs> so oh, okay. yeah that would that would be the bigger thing this reddit thing was more something that someone else kind of twisted around and then we got into some uh some well not really trouble what happened was we received lots of notifications and messages to our company email saying that we were horrible people and uh kind of telling us to uh disappear from the um from the surface of the world kind of okay yes <laughs> yeah there is a lot of haters out there so yes so hopefully it can be changed somehow but yeah yeah <laughs> or you need to take it easy as well and, and move forward true, <laughs> so. true yes yeah good so thank you very much julia for your time today and all uh, your experience that you have mentioned all success with nanu and, and the work that you are doing and we can keep talking so thank yeah. you super well thank you so much for having me this was really fun Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. Feel free to share with your friends and looking forward to seeing you next time.